0: And ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sporting Chance Podcast with your host Matt Maratea, talking about Philly sports, more sports, beer, life in general, and whatever the heck else seems to come to mind. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Hey, hey, what do you say, listeners? It's me, Matt Meritea, here back again with the Sporting Chance Podcast, episode 14, which means we're over the hump. Statistically, I read somewhere once that 98% of podcasts stop at or before episode 13. Uh, maybe it's some type of bad juju that goes with that number, or maybe... You know, I don't really know why. It doesn't seem to make sense as to why that would be a huge issue. But it uh, looks like I am officially over the hump, uh, which is something that's pretty cool to me. And uh, before we get into our various topics this evening, I just want to talk about our first bit of advertising. That's right. Your boy got himself a Sponsorship. I would proud to announce, officially on the podcast, if you follow my Instagram stories, which are absolutely fire, according to various family members, uh, you will know that I am now an official brand representative of Lanofi. Ooh, okay, so that doesn't sound like anything, right? Yes, well, Lanofi is a noun. It means an individual who inspires others not to settle, but to be limitless. And apparently all you need to inspire others not to settle and to be limitless is around 700 followers in total across four social media accounts on two different platforms. Uh, But you know what? Hey, I sold myself well, and what can you say? Uh, There are these fledgling companies that need uh, dedicated people to uh, sort of support them, and I am that person uh, for Lanafee, one of many, I'm sure. But basically, their message is that they believe in bettering yourself and exploring the depths of limitless potential, pushing boundaries of comfort to achieve the greatness you've never known existed. This representation is similar to an iceberg. There's always more. I didn't make that up. But they said that. Uh, Len, found founded in Toronto, Canada. I love Canada and all Canadian products. Oh, Canada. They are a performance brand as well as an online sportswear store providing premium quality athleisure wear and sporting goods. Entrusting trust. Entrusting trust. Hmm. Ensuring trust is actually how you read that one. I can't read. With every product. We have a passion to provide products with a focal point on strength and style so you can focus on what matters. There's always more beyond the norm and our mission is to bridge that connection. Now, this stuff is awesome. I just got my first order recently. Uh, just sort of clicking over to the shop here to sh- talk about what I have. I got myself a Hyper T-shirt. Uh, it's available in charcoal. Uh, and a pair of the Arcane shorts along with uh, the Iceberg Snapback in gray and the Explorer socks. All the gear is super high quality. Uh, it's pretty good along the lines of athleisure wear. Uh, as far as price-wise, and I mean, the shirt, it's like the softest thing I've ever owned. Uh, as far as like an athletic shirt goes, I don't even want to wear it to the gym, but I know I'm going to because it fits well, and you know, it's got all those great moisture wicking fabrics. The Arcane shorts have that like cottony feel to them, but they're going to absorb sweat, and they're going to keep those legs and calves warm if I ever actually do start running um they're definitely going to work when i'm riding the bike i can tell you that for sure the socks are dope i'm about to order four more pairs in different colors and then the iceberg snapback quality performance wear uh sweet snap a little bit of a flat brim but hey i can deal with that flat brim in the gym it could be the newest trend so how do you order? Just go to Lanafee.com. That's L-A-N-O-F-I-E.com. And when you're going to check out, use my affiliate code. That's Maratea, M-A-R-A-T-E-A, just my last name. Uh, so, yeah, make sure you use that. Uh, it helps me out. Um, obviously, it helps the company out. Um, but, you know, it's an uh, early partnership. We're still feeling things out. Please don't get me fired, guys. Anyway, let's get into the meat and potatoes (laughs) of the podcast. Um, So a lot has been happening with me. Um, It is spring break, but I feel like I've been going, going, going this whole time. Uh, I got to say, I went to my first professional... Boxing match. Uh, well, not my first, but my first championship boxing match as a member of the media uh, last Friday night. And I wanted to talk about that real quick because it was incredible. First off, Tevin Farmer defended his belt uh, like a proud Philadelphia champion. And just the whole atmosphere inside the Lea chorus Center, actually getting to be there and being acknowledged as press. People pointing you in the right direction, saying, sir, helping you out, getting to your seat. Uh, you know, I dressed up in a nice suit because... I mean, that's really the only thing that I can do. It's the only thing I really know how to control, and that's how I look. Uh, so that uh, helped me out a lot. Uh, you know, it's not for pay or anything, but I got to give a big shout-out to Wildfire Sports, obviously, for putting me in that position and giving me the platform to be able to apply for these credentials and actually get them. And, you know, I had a heck of a week. Open workouts were awesome. Press conferences. uh you know, weigh-ins. It was all amazing to see. The fights were incredible. Tevin Farmer one who I was pulling for. He's my Philly boy. Gotta love him. Uh, now defended his belt three times since winning it in August. Uh, most active champion in the world. Earned himself a nice rest. Jono Carroll, I have so much respect for. He was the challenger. And those dudes went out afterwards the next day in Philadelphia, got cheesesteaks together. It shows you that as long as you, even in fighting, as long as you have respect, you can, you know, survive. And you can actually have a good time and you know, get to enjoy the rest of the world and the people that are around you in your sport. Uh, unfortunately, Gabe Rosado didn't get his title shot, but put up a heck of a uh, thing, a uh, heck of a fight against Sulecki. Katie Taylor destroyed Rose Vellante, which was crazy. Raymond Ford got off to a crazy start in his career. Uh, absolutely waylaying Willessie Johnson uh, over the course of four rounds. John Joe Nevin, another Philly guy, he got another W. Luke Campbell kept himself active, looking good, possibly vying for that next mandatory shot against Mikey Garcia who got trounced by Earl Spence in the big fight on Fox, so a lot happened boxing-wise. I'm hoping to be expanding my coverage of that and moving into the more local Philadelphia scene. And Right after I pop this beer, I'm going to get a little bit more into that. By the way, this week's beer is the Left Hand Brewing Company's Milk Stout Nitro. Uh, now, obviously, last weekend was St. Patrick's Day weekend, uh, which is why I was sort of so swamped with everything that this episode 14 uh, comes between a, you know, sort of two week break. Also, thank you to Zed's Beer for making our handy little keychain. Uh, Bottle openers, which I just tested out for the first time. Last time I used one of these, I somehow broke the bottle and cut my finger. Uh, So this is a nitro stuff that actually ends up bottled. Interesting, it's got that chocolatey baker's chocolate aroma. Now, this says pour hard. So, uh, basically, I got my glass here, my Sláinte glass, and I'm just going to pour the crap out of this bad boy. Turn this bottle completely upside down. And really just sort of hope for the best. So if I overflow this, it's going to get on my computer. Going to get on my shorts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You definitely have to dump that in. It's got a great hat on it. It's got that sort of creamy. It's got that Guinnessy effect that's happening. Uh, So I just leave that bottle turned over. Get all those good little drip drips. Drip drip. Sort of shaking, it out like Tabasco now. I know you guys love this play-by-play. That's why you tune in, all seven of you, probably. Um, Anyway, so got that beer out. It's all nice and settling. It's actually instructions on the bottle, which I very much appreciate, about pouring hard, admire, and enjoying. Uh, Employee-owned, righteously independent, which is awesome. Uh, They're members of the Colorado Brewers' Guild. 6% stout, which is a little bit alcoholic, which uh, first out, which is interesting, and it says pour at forty to forty-five degrees, drink at fifty to fifty-five in a stout glass, which is a pretty awesome little scenario. Actually, just a little bit of a ah. it's got a little bubble there off of the top, so I'm letting that one settle down. And man, that is a good-looking pour. Uh, that head is holding up nicely. So, while I'm just snapping a quick pic of that, um, let me get into sort of what I want to do, uh, and that's with this sort of, this local boxing scene, and I would love to get more into it, because there are so many human stories, uh, that you can sort of feel your way into, there's so many guys, uh, like, I I went to Excite Fight Night. It was my first professional boxing experience. Obviously, now the big thank you goes out to Tim McManus and Johan Promotions Pelt Boxing. Uh, There was this guy who was fighting this sort of prospect. It was this prospect's third fight. And, you know, he's working out here, and he looked very impressive. Would love to know more about him. But there was this guy making his pro debut at, like, age 32 from Philly Fighting in this tiny little show, Uh, you know, you wonder why. You wonder uh, what compels these guys, uh, you know, late into their careers. uh, You know, maybe local guys who have really salty records that they just keep going and going. And, I mean, you you get a local legend, like on Friday, Hank Lundy. He takes on this kid, Avery Sparrow, that's been running his mouth. So they have, like, this sort of Philly grudge match thing. Five or six fights ago... Hank Lundy was taking on Bud Crawford, Terrence Crawford, for the world title. And now, I mean, he's fallen on hard times, he's passed in his career, but now he's fighting at the Leah Center, opening the show and taking on this kid. And actually, he lost to Avery Sparrow, who's impressive. Did not look like a dude who only had, who was in his 10th fight, or maybe 11th fight uh, total. But either way, You know, there are so many stories around boxing in Philadelphia and people, and that's really something I would love to get a chance to explore uh, in the near future. It's, I mean, it's hard not to fall in love with a sport like that just because of the people that are around it. And, you know, it's the same for UFC. I put in officially for my credentials for the UFC in Philadelphia. But this week, they are down in Nashville. So I'm going to talk about that one, and I'm going to do a little main card breakdown here. So we're starting off... This is going to be an 8 o'clock card at, at, in Nashville on ESPN+, Plus, which is now the official home for for UFC pay-per-views, which means I'm probably not going to miss another one because I am an ESPN Plus subscriber. They suckered me in, and now I feel rewarded for it. So that is awesome. So Macy Barber kicking kicking things off against J.J. Aldrich. Uh, Macy thinks that she's the next big thing. She's calling herself the future. She's 6-0 going up against 7-2 Aldridge. Uh Barber at women's flyweight. Uh, certainly undefeated right now. Looked impressive in her first fight in the UFC. Uh, you know, had some pre-fight jitters. Maybe got a little gassed. But she looked really, really good against a pretty game opponent. Came in on short notice. This one, full camp. Full fight. I mean, let's go. This is her time to sort of pump things up, and I think she will. I think she takes the win here. Uh, moving up, you got Luis Pena, the violent Bob Ross, going up against Steven Petterson who calls himself Ocho. It has a giant Superman tattoo on his chest with wings coming out of it, and it looks like at least one sleeve, if not two. So uh, Luis Pena, the violent Bob Ross, is Italian, so instantly, I'm going to be going for him. He has a big reach advantage in the featherweight division, 76 inches, 70 inches, big leg advantage. And he's really, really good on the ground, I think. Uh, if, I mean, Pearson sort of, he likes to grapple a little bit. Uh, doesn't get taken down much, but I think Pena is going to be able to get in close, sort of pull guard. And then he's going to work on some legs from there, maybe grab an ankle. We'll see an interesting uh, win there from Pena, probably by submission. Then a a flyweight bout, which takes on a whole new importance with some of the news that came down today. Because TJ Dillashaw is relinquishing his belt at 135. Right now, Henry Cejudo uh, has no one to fight because that's the fight that they were angling to make. Him versus TJ at 135 after he destroyed TJ at 125. So... Now, Cejudo has no opponent, and the number one ranked flyweight is Yusia Formia, a uh, Brazilian cat who is pr- pretty damn impressive. He's 22 and 5, hasn't really lost to anybody uh, except for, I think, he got a title shot against Demetrius at one point. Uh, I mean, he's beat Sergio Pettis. He's beat this guy Win. He's beat Saesaki. Uh You know, scrolling. He lost to Ray Borg, but Ray Borg is awesome. He beat Dustin Ortiz. Uh, lost to Cejudo, but it was a close decision. That was back in 2015. Beat Wilson Race. Beat uh, Zach Morowski, Beat Scott Jorgensen. I mean, he's got a series of pretty impressive wins. Um, only thing is he also has a loss to Joey Benavidez. Uh, eh. So, you know, we'll see. But right now, he is the number one ranked contender, according to UFC.com. So if he's able to pull off this win, then he has a very good case for being able to call out Cejudo and sort of, you know, pull that up. Then you have Dezus Tagara, and Dievson Figueredo I guess I'm saying that correctly. This dude right now is a perfect 15-0 in the flyweight division. So if he is able to win, he's got going through John Moraga, Morais, Brooks, all in the UFC too. This guy sort of came out of nowhere. Also beat Beltran. So if he goes on this crazy streak, you know a guy like Cejudo, that's going to catch his eye. That may be a fight they're able to market. So... Uh, you know, either way, the winner of this fight has a legitimate shot at being able to call a Henry Cejudo and probably get that fight made. Especially now that the UFC is going to rely a lot less, probably, on pay per view income because it's going to be coming through ESPN Plus. They've completely changed the market, uh, which you know probably is the reason why Dana White is coming back for another seven years. Also, I'm going to take a first sip of this beer. Ah, still got a good head retention on it. I like a milk stout. It's a little bit creamier, a little bit, uh, you can sort of taste that, like almost like lactose dairiness to it. Um, I still get some of that Baker's chocolate, and that certainly comes through in the smell. Uh, I'm going to be very much enjoying that one as things go on here. Now we're moving on to the next matchup. Uh, Jesus Pinedo, El Mundo, Muro versus John the Bull, Macdessi Macdessi is coming off a big win. Uh, Pinedo is making sort of a UFC debut here. Kind of a tough spot for him against a guy who's a veteran. Uh, you know, MacDessy has looked good uh, as of late. So, I mean, he's in the lightweight division, sixteen and six. He's on a two-fight win streak right now. Uh, you know, beat Trojulo, who looked, you know, pretty incredible. Uh, lost to Lando Venada, with no shame in that, but also beat Ross Pearson, who's definitely a solid, solid guy. So, MacDessy's on a little bit of a run here. If he can put one together against uh, Jesus Pinedo then I mean he may be onto something. He may see himself cracking into that lightweight top ten. Uh Pinedo has a fight against uh what's this guy's name? Powell? Something Powell sometimes you gotta rely on this computer to pull things up. I mean uh Devin Powell and it looks like he actually was able to get the win uh, over him by decision. So, you know, good on him. He's moving up the ranks here. So we'll see how that goes. But I like back this. He, he's just the more experienced guy. Uh, then we move into a big heavyweight matchup for that co-main Jonsky. We got Curtis Razor Blades, number four heavyweight in the world, against Justin Big Pretty Willis. All right. Now, Big Pretty is not look like an elite level athlete. I'm gonna tell you that straight up right now. Big pretty has got He's round he, look, he looks like Charles Barkley after he retired, but he beat Mark Hunt by decision. Yeah he, uh, he got by the vanilla gorilla uh, Sherman decision. Uh, he got by big man Crowder K.O It uh, got by Mulherin, too. He hasn't lost in the UFC Yet, he's pretty active from East Palo Alto. He's not big. You know, has to try to cut a little weight just to stay under that heavyweight limit. He's only 6'1", 78-inch reach. But the man can move. He's got athletic legs. I don't know how. I don't know why. He just does. But doesn't seem to have a ton of power for his weight and his size. Now he's going up against Curtis Blades, who's... Losses have sort of only come to Francis Ngannou. Uh, Ngannou stopped him once with a doctor stoppage and then stopped him again uh, with just like a huge overhand that pretty much started the fight and Blades went down. It was a bit of an early stoppage, but you know, that is what it is. Uh, Blades destroyed Overeem with elbows. We all saw that one. He beat Mark Hunt. He beat Alexi Ovlinik. He beat a guy whose name I can't pronounce. He beat Milstead. So, I mean, he's beat everyone they've thrown at him. East, uh, that's the only thing. And, you know, he was able to go that second round with Engano. who was actually winning that fight. But, you know, every fight ends and uh, they have to stand up at the start of every round. Curtis Blaze is a fantastic wrestler. And, you know, I'm sure he's been working on a striking. He's he's able to get a hold of Big Pretty and bring him down or box him up a little bit. Maybe get Willis thinking about, I don't know what. Uh, It's going to be Curtis Blade's fight. He's also looking to land the most takedowns in UFC heavyweight history. He just needs one. So you know he wants to reach that number. Uh, Something he's been talking about a long time. And then we get to the main event. Anthony Showtime Pettis, number eight. Well, I guess he's not ranked number eight in the welterweight division, but he's moving up, moving on up to the side, which is technically 170 pounds, to face off against the number three contender, Wonderboy Steven Thompson. Both these guys are coming off of losses. Thompson just lost like uh, a really weird fight to, uh, you know, Darren Till. Uh, Could have been for either of them. Uh, Till basically didn't land a punch until the very end of the fight. Uh, but it knocked Wonder down, so he won. Uh, and Showtime just had a absolute war with Tony Ferguson, where he ended up getting knocked out at the end of the second round. Or really, basically, they wouldn't let him come back out. Uh, but, you know, he beat uh, Michael Chiesa in there, uh, had a tough fight against Dustin Poirier, ended up losing that one, uh, beat Jim Miller. Lost to Holloway, uh, beat Oliveira, lost to Barboza, lost to Alvarez. So uh, Pettis has really had trouble finding a home at featherweight. He's had trouble finding a home at lightweight now. So he's moving up, which may be the best thing for him. He's a little undersized, 5'10", but you never know how that's going to work. The thing is, he has a terrible fight against Wonderboy. Wonderboy is longer. He's got longer legs, longer arms. He's got that sort of karate style. That you have to sort of rush in on, and you've got to attack to get Wonder Boy to do anything, and then he's just gonna piece you up with those counters. Or if he does get to attack, he does it from crazy angles because he has that sort of sideways karate stance, right? So it's really a tough out for Anthony Pettis. I don't think he's. I think he'll look better at this weight class, but I mean, and obviously he'll get another fight. But I think they're giving him too much too soon. They just need his name to sort of fill out this card. And Wonderboy is going to be picking him apart, unfortunately. Uh, so, yeah, those are my predictions uh, for the fights. Remember, take those to the bank. Macy Barber, Luis Pena, Jucia uh, Formizia, John McDessie, Curtis Blades, and Steven Thompson. I'm picking the entire left side of that website, I guess. Uh now moving on to other sports, I just want to say congratulations to the Philadelphia 76ers finally got past those Celtics tonight and Joel Embiid not being involved in the MVP conversation is incredibly frustrating. I mean, the man drops gets like 21 rebounds, uh like 37 points, is he able to get to the free throw line over 20 times. I mean, he is undoubtedly effective. And you know, obviously, he was able to get under Marcus Smart's skin, got him ejected for pushing Embiid in the back. They got Horford completely gassed. Aaron Baines got knocked out on a drive by TJ McConnell. Who, I mean, can you love anyone more than TJ? Uh, so right now, I'm um, actually watching OKC versus Toronto, kind of in the background. If OKC can win this, the Sixers are only going to be five back of the Raptors. Uh, for that second place, so it's possible that maybe they could do something with that, but uh, seems just slightly unlikely as of this moment, because Toronto is kind of in a groove, and OKC is, I don't know what's going on with them, but Kawhi is fantastic, I haven't watched Kawhi play in like a year and a half, thanks to him being out, and then being on Toronto, this dude is so good, I wish they would have signed him. But Russell Westbrook, also fantastic. I could watch him play any day of the week. And Paul George just hit a three. So, you know, it's not out of the question. Mm. Good beer. But right now, it looks like the Sixers playoff matchup is actually going to shake out against, of all teams, the Detroit Pistons. Who, Joel Embiid just happens to own a fair amount of real estate in the head of one Andre Drummond. So, real excited for that. Uh... Moving on there from basketball, because it's sort of that end of the season thing when we know what's going to happen. I want to talk a little bit about the bracket challenge that I'm in right now with my boys, Tim and Eric. Uh, Tournament challenge, obviously, ESPN, awesome. Uh, Now, my bracket that I made with them for the boys of March, uh, my final four just... Just going to throw this out here. Okay, LSU, Gonzaga, Villanova, and Auburn. I got Nova and Gonzaga meeting in the final. I got the tiebreaker. Pick the final score, 78-64 for the winner, Villanova. I don't know why. Okay, it's just I filled out the bracket, and this is sort of the way I do it. I've watched these teams throughout the course of the season. I've seen most of them. And, you know, it's a little bit scientific, and it's a little bit feel. And I tend to do all right with these. I made a couple other brackets. I got Michigan winning one. I got Texas Tech winning one. And then, is that a Murray State bracket or a Marquette bracket? No, that's a Marquette bracket. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, we'll just, we'll see how it goes. Am I going to be right? Probably not. But is this a fun time of year? Yes, definitely. Uh, You know, I'm probably going to, be heading out to like a Buffalo Wild Wings at some point tomorrow just because it's so fun. It's just to get in to watch a school that you've probably never seen, like those 16 seeds or those 15 seeds, like Abilene Christian facing off against I think it's Kentucky. Like, could there be a wilder sort of, uh, you know, what's the name? A wilder sort of situation? No. But, you know, why not? should be fun. Uh, other news, uh, more boxing news. Uh, Bernard Hopkins and Juan Manuel Marquez are headlining this year's 16-member class in the Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame. Just want to say uh, Bernard Hopkins is, like, the guy that got me into boxing. Uh, there's a couple of other guys going into You should definitely know about uh, Terry Norris. Uh, Bobby Chican, uh, Humberto Chiquita Gonzalez, uh, Winky Ru- Ronald Winky Wright. Uh, obviously, uh, Manuel Marquez claimed titles in four weight classes from featherweight to junior welterweight. Crazy. And Hopkins, middleweight and light heavyweight world champion. Uh, you know, oh, Wayne is also going in too. He's awesome. Um,. But anyway, oh, yeah, non-boxers, Floyd Mayweather Sr. gets in, which I guess is fair. Um, Man, that that guy might be the greatest trainer of all time just because of that. But Bernard Hopkins was such a tactician. He was so excellent, and he was just older than everybody else, which is what I respected uh, for him to be able to do. He was from the city that I love. And he was a guy doing it so unconventionally. He, you know, was down on his luck, had hard times, and you know, sort of reinvented himself. Became a model of discipline, and you know, Bernard Hopkins, the executioner, was one of the best of all time. One of the best defensive fighters, I think, we've seen in this day and age at those heavier weights, where you know it's really dangerous to try to play that style with these guys uh so you know uh pickups to bernard hopkins happy to see him uh also if you want to talk about a guy on the rise mickey conlin absolutely destroyed ruben garcia hernandez uh in their fight against uh madison square garden uh i guess the hulu theater at madison square garden uh his third saint patrick's day bout uh there's a lot of kelly green fans i uh, Hernandez didn't win a round. Conlon is 27, but he was so graceful. Uh, He looks really good. uh, And he wants that rematch with Vladimir Nitkin. Uh, There was a highly questionable Olympic decision. So we'll see how that goes out. Um, It's definitely going to be a lot tougher uh, if that is made. But, you know, that's just sort of uh, how things go. In that boxing world. That box sale. Flyers pretty much eliminated from playoff contention right now. That makes me reach for the beer. Uh, Definitely having it right now. Oh, OKC is going a little bit of a run. But Toronto just gets it to put it back to 10. Russell Westbrook, though. Him and Paul George on the floor together. You almost can't bet against that. But... Flyers all but eliminated. They would have to win every game and they need some big losses uh, from the Blue Jackets, from the Hurricanes, uh, both teams. Uh, So it's not looking likely. Uh, So hopefully we'll get to see Sam Moran at some point. And I just hate not being able to really discuss hockey. I mean, it's, They've done their best. Uh, You know, Sean Couturier is looking fantastic over the course of these last part of the season. 30 goals, 70 points. uh, Last person to do it back-to-back since I think maybe Lindros. Uh, So that's a really good development for him. He's scoring from distance now with shots. uh, Like that one in the uh, stadium series, that uh, game-winner against Pittsburgh. that looked like it might have saved the season. So... Uh, you know, it's nice to see him developing still. I mean, because he's only, I think, maybe 26, 25. I think he's 26. But, you know, we're still seeing elements added to his game. Some people are saying he's the best player in the Flyers. No, that's still Giroux. It's always going to be Giroux uh, for the next couple of years, and probably the next three, four years, unless Couturier really expands offensively and learns how to be consistent. Uh, I think he still needs to sort of bring an edge to his game for his size. But... You know, it is what it is. They'll talk about that. Um, you know, Radko Gutis has been very consistent. Shane Goss is bear not great defensively. He's sort of finding his offense again. You see it in flashes, but he seems to be figured out by other teams' defenses, which is the main problem. Uh, Travis Sanheim still progressing nicely. Phil Myers looks good when he's in the lineup. Is a little bit sick now, so we'll see him get back soon. Hopefully Sam Moran can play uh you know everybody has things to say about Andrew McDonald and Robert Haig Haig is all right I mean you need a guy who's going to sort of bring that wood back there and be that physical presence but at the same time you need him to be able to make passes uh he seemed to lack confidence at some point uh, this season in that regard I don't know why uh because statistically he's having a much better year than he had last year points wise so I mean you know it's a little bit of a mystery, but I'd be sure they'll figure that out in the offseason. Um, you know, lots of people are talking about free agent signings. I'm not thinking about those yet. I don't know. I don't think we have a shot at Panarin or Duchesne or Carlson, anything like that. I don't know why people see those as possibilities for the Flyers. It just doesn't seem like something Chuck Fletcher is going to do with this group. They're just going to look to add and tweak. And they I think they're gonna roll with who they have and keep promoting from within. Uh but you know what that's just me. That's my feelings. Uh, I could be wrong, could be right. That remains to be seen. Uh so we'll see how things shake out over the course there. Eagles bring back Deshaun Jackson, uh Holodinada retires, uh you know, all those things, well and good. It's really uh you know, just about the draft right now. And I think they've got to go running back or linebacker. Uh, we've got enough corners. I keep seeing corners in the mock drafts. I no idea as to why they have us drafting a quarter. We need linebacker depth. Uh, you know, especially letting go of Jordan Hicks, the injury problem. So uh, they need another guy to replace him. Uh, I mean, unless you want Nate Gary starting. Uh, I mean, he's a good kid gives a lot of effort, but I don't want him playing every down. Certainly not. But also, uh, Kymer Hill. He, I mean, he's done well in spots. I don't know if he can carry the load as a starter. So they got to go linebacker, maybe running back, but I think you can sort of put that off to the second round. Uh, I think there's a lot of people that are going to fall just sort of how this draft shakes out and how running backs are so undervalued. Um, so, I mean, we'll see how that happens. Uh, man, I just... I, I, am, I really can't wait for baseball season. Because this is going to be the most exciting Phillies team we've seen in a long time. Going to be playoff bound. Going to win the division, thanks to getting Bryce Harper. Uh, you know, there was a little bit of a scare with that baseball off the foot. But, you know, no harm done. The whole Mike Trout fiasco seems to be over thanks to Trout re-signing a $430 million deal that keeps him in Los Angeles on the Angels until 2030, uh, which is pretty bonkers, 2030, signing your way of life for the next 11 years. Uh, But, you know, good on him, $430 million, you can't turn that type of money down. Uh, You know, I think that's all I have to say. Um, It's just a reminder, thanks to... Zed's beer. Uh, make sure you check them out. We got a Czech Logger out. That's fantastic. Um, still got the Dublin Porter in stock. Two great beers uh, that you definitely want to have. Uh, Czech Logger's got that sort of Pilsnery taste. It's awesome. We got the Brood IPA coming back. That is probably my favorite IPA of all time. Uh, also, remember to check out Lanafee. Uh, use my access code or uh, you know affiliate code Maratea M A R A T E A. Uh, to check that out, make sure you follow me on Twitter and Instagram at mmaratea22 on Twitter, mmaratea77 on Instagram, mmaratea22 or mmaratea77. Uh, follow the Sport Chance Pod both on Twitter and Instagram, cross platforms, same name. Ah, got that out of the way. Great beer, by the way. A left hand brewing company, Milk Stout Nitro. Uh, thank you very much. A classic stout, even though stout season is almost over. Uh, still enjoying one last one before it gets a little bit too warm. We uh, gotta talk about this beer. It is a standard stout. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. That nitro gives it a smoothness, certainly, that you don't normally get from a bottled stout. Uh and that milk in there, that sort of lactose to it, uh really adds uh, something extra. Rocky Mountain water, malted barley, lactose, flaked hops, oats and yeast, hops and yeast. Uh I'm very happy with this beer. Uh you could say like four four point five. I may have generous scorings, but you know, it's a good beer. What am I gonna argue about? Yeah. Is it you know, what I could get in a bar? Yes. But do I have to go to the bar to get a nice nitro stout? I don't anymore. So thank you very much to them. Um, I don't know what else I have to say. Uh Review the podcast on iTunes. Uh, rate. Subscribe. Uh, seriously, leave a rating. Leave a comment. It helps. Um, if you want to see this, keep going. Uh, I think that's about all I got. Remember, Twitter, Instagram, follow me, follow the pod, check out my work at Wildfire Sports. Uh, come visit me at Zed's when I'm working there. Um, you know, I'm going on spring break, little uh, sort of two-day joint. I am on spring break now, but that's why the podcast is getting recorded a little bit early. Uh, happy Thursday, Thursday. Uh, to y'all. I'm going to finish this. And uh, get this uh, started off right Uh, Thank you For enjoying the pod Have a nice one folks